lovely listeners to Dilithium Recrystallize. Tara and I discuss 56 of our favorite Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. Today we've got Power Play, Season 5, Episode 15, Power Play. What do you got for titles, Tara? Oh, we're back. We're back. And <clears throat> there's something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters! All right. <laughs> really? You got Ghostbusters? That, that was my name for it. <laughs> Ghostbusters slash Hostage Crisis. But, okay, so the Spaniards and the Latin Americans did the same, Juego de Poder, which is a game of power. The French went with Rapport de Force, which is kind of like balance of power. Masomenos, you know, more or less. Okay. What did the Germans bring? So everybody's got some kind of power thing mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. The Germans, again, went with something completely different. Yes! Ungebetene Gäste, which is unwelcome guests. Oh, I always like what they do, man. They just they get me every time. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, it's like they looked at it differently and then nailed it, you know? Yeah. So we don't got a lot of time today. Let's get right down to it. Uh, we are orbiting an M-class moon of Mabu 6, and it was reported to be uninhabited, but we picked up some kind of weak distress signal, so we went to go check it out. But there's tons of interference, and um, we really can't, we're not sure exactly what's going on, but there was a standard Starfleet distress from a Dalis-class ship. Now, Dalis-class ships haven't been in service for the for the Federation in at least 172 years. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And it looks like this is probably the USS Essex under the captain of Bryce Schumer two centuries ago that went missing right around here. It's probably them. <laughs> We're going to hazard a guess. Mm-hmm. Cap was like, well, that mystery solved. Let's go. <laughs> Episode yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Pro credits. Yeah, exactly. Deanna's like, Wait. There's someone down there and they're alive because she can sense not only through space itself, but also through all this magnetic interference that's screwing up all our sensors and not letting us, you know, understand what's happening on the surface. That's right. She's more powerful than the sensors. She's more powerful than Professor Xavier. (laughs) The all-powerful Deanna. Okay. The electromagnetic storms mean that nobody can beam down. So Riker takes Data and Deanna in a shuttle. But there's so much interference and so much electrical storms that we crash land. Kaboom! And Riker's broken his arm. And Deanna says there's something alive here and it's coming. It's coming with the oncoming storm. It's coming, man. It's coming. Something is coming. Dun, dun, dun. Well, this is time for the Chief O'Brien to shine. Because when you live in the transporter room and not a lot of shit happens except people come and go. (laughs) When you're the elevator operator. (laughs) You ain't got a lot to do. But this is the moment. This is the moment where... O'Brien is like, I think we can do it, Captain. I'm going to beam down and get them. And he's like, no, 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 no one can beam down for real. He's like, I could beam down with some pattern enhancers and then get us all out. And they're like, I'm yeah. not going to ask you to do that. He's like, I volunteer. You're like, all right, we got a hero on our hands. Okay, this hero beams down. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote down in my notes, O'Brien deserves the Medal of Honor. Damn Somebody right. said he had a 50-50 chance of making it down. It's like, holy cow. Right? And he was going to go anyway. And he's got a wife and a brand new baby. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is not the moment. Really wasn't thinking about them when he was doing this. <laughs> when he volunteered. Yeah. And they're like, we can't ask you to do that. He's like, I'll yeah. go anyway. <laughs> Let's roll the dice. <laughs> Anything's better than, <laughs> than being in my quarters. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's sleep deprivation right there. Can't listen to that infant cry anymore. <laughs> Can't go. Don't make too much for dinner tonight. I got a 50-50 shot of coming home. All right. Oh, my God. So, so he beams down there like a friggin' hero. And he manages to set up his pattern enhancers. Before they can leave, just before they can leave, they all get zapped by the storm. And then three lightning balls enter into their unconscious bodies. Some kind of yeah. balls entered them. <laughs> I don't I don't some kind of floating light spheres. Yes. Yeah. That sort of loaded down into their unconscious bodies and were absorbed into them. Not everybody though. Not, Not everybody. Everybody. So then they suddenly beam back, right? All this happens in seconds. And they awaken in six bay. And they're like, all right, we're ready to go back to work. But you can tell that some of them are altered, the ones that absorb the balls. Can you? Because I couldn't tell. They seem fine to me. I don't know. Data's malfunctioning. He's like, I don't know. Something about my processing, whatever. The ball don't agree with my functioning of my words. I don't know. Yeah. And so Data says to Riker, as they get back to the bridge, they're getting ready to you know, figure out what their next move is. He's like, we need to go to the pole of the moon. And Riker's like... That doesn't make any sense. The Essex didn't crash anywhere near there, according to, you know, our crappy sensor data. And there's no reason to go over there. And he's like, but I really think we should. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> so Deanna goes and takes Picard into the ready room. Can we talk? And she starts talking about, you know, the people coming on the storms and they were there. And they're really asking her to go to the polls. Do you think you could take us to the polls and he's sitting there like hmm that's a really weird request but you know what it's you so I think I could next thing we know Data moves into a polar orbit and Riker's like what the hell are you doing I did not just tell you not to do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> what I just say and it suddenly Data, O'Brien and Deanna attack the bridge crew and Riker locks them out of the computer Data's pissed and O'Brien shoots and the three of them try to take over the ship from engineering, right? So they're like, all right, let's get out of here and we'll go to engineering and take over the ship. So they get in Turbo Lift 4. So they're in Turbo Lift 4 and they're in Deck 13, but they've been stopped. Worf is in pursuit, but we don't know where they are. They had to get out of the security, the Turbo Lift, because we, we stopped them there. And then we put security fields all around the area so they can't get out of there. So they run into a security field on Deck 10, Section 2. And Deck 10 is headed toward 10 forward. <laughs> 10 forward is the uh -oh. bar. Deck 10, 10 forward. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> now, in 10 forward, Keiko is trying to calm her screaming baby <laughs> in the bar. <laughs> in the bar where you take your screaming infant. Well, yeah. <laughs> when you can't stand her screaming no more. Now you're starting to understand why O'Brien <laughs> was like, 50-50 shot, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I have nothing left to live for. I haven't slept in days. <laughs> He's acting like he's got a moon circling. <laughs> One moon circling. <laughs> ah, he's in the dark. Um, a shooting match breaks out, and those three now have 17 hostages in 10 forward, and they've barricaded themselves in. And they're, they've got O'Brien, who knows all about the beaming. So he's made sure that they can't beam them out. And so uh, up in the bridge, they're trying to figure out how are we going to get these guys out of there? Because now they have hostages. Like, well, can we gas them? Well, we can gas everybody in there, but we can't really gas data. No one's talking about the infant in the room. We don't gas infants. <laughs> One of the hostages is an infant. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, but Tara, this is future shit. That means they got future gas. It doesn't, you know, affect babies. I don't know. <laughs> they could put the baby in a bubble, baby. You could gas everybody. But I don't think it's a good idea. Um, we don't want to go in guns blazing because that's not a good thing. So now we're in hostage crisis. So we went from light balls absorbed by bodies into a hostage situation. And that's where you would get the name power play. <sighs> Worf is in there. And Data challenges Worf. But Worf exercises some massive restraint. And he does not rise to the occasion. And Data's ready to kill Worf in front of all these people just to make up, just just because he can. And Deanna's like, come on, man. What are you doing? Like, get a hold of yourself. We've got other things to do. So the bridge asks, what are the demands of the three? They're like, we demand to go to the polar orbit. Okay, okay, okay. We acquiesce to that. We, we can do that. That's fine. Crusher figures out that all three of these guys are possessed. And the Riker, because he had a broken arm, he was down there too, and he was in too much pain, uh, which is probably the reason he didn't get possessed. Perhaps pain will neutralize possession. So we come up with a plan okay. on the bridge. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we need to drill through the floor or through the wind, the, the ceiling of 10 forward. And we're going to punch in, like put in a sort of device that will cause pain and then force them out. And then we're going to capture the ghosts inside them. We need to do this soon because there are five people in 10 forward who need medical attention uh, that got injured during the shootout. And so Picard offers to trade himself for the five, but we, we, it takes time to drill through the floor and get our device ready. And plus, we need Dr. Crusher to con- create a containment unit <laughs> to trap the ghosts. <laughs> this is where it becomes Ghostbusters huh. for me, you know. <laughs> so then Jordy makes a proton pack. <laughs> <laughs> if that all they were, just pain sticks, <laughs> shooting electricity of pain on <laughs> the ghosts. Okay. I think so. In 10 forward, Keiko is still trying to calm the screaming infant in the bar. <laughs> Dave is getting more and more pissed. Like, can't you shut that thing up? And O'Brien begins to recognize Kato and his, uh, Keiko and his baby as well. But he shows no sign of compassion for them. But he does realize that they're important to O'Brien. So you can see that the ghosts have access to the memories. Not just technical ones, but all of their memories. Meanwhile, the captain enters and trades himself for the five injured people. Why he didn't include the infant in the five, I don't know. Why are we still have an infant in a hostage crisis? <laughs> Can't the breastfeeding mom also leave? <laughs> no? Okay. He didn't see her. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't know she was It's there. like in all their scans. Nobody mentions the fact that there's a breastfeeding mom and an infant in there. And if nothing, the that's not top priority. There. Seriously, I mean, if nothing else, get the screaming infant out of the way because it's causing tension. <laughs> you know, and one of these um, mofo's is going to kill somebody just because the baby won't quit screaming. <laughs> You've been around screaming baby; it messes with the nerves. Okay. Yeah. So the captain enters, and and Deanna introduces herself as Captain Bryce Schumer of the USS Essex, and Data is her first officer, and O'Brien was the security chief. And Deanna claims that they're ghosts looking to escape the the horror of the planet because lightning struck the ship, the USS Essex, it ripped it apart uh, and absorbed the crew and their consciousness is now floating in all these electrical storms. So we're full on Ghostbusters. Picard questions the knowledge of the Essex. Um, he questions Deanna's knowledge yeah. of the Essex, but she passes the test. She seems to know everything that he knows about the Essex anyway. <laughs> he can't really trip her up. 
But she refuses to give up the hostages. She claims that ultimately she wants to rest and simply find peace. But she doesn't trust the captain will do it, so she's going to keep the hostages. Meanwhile, Jordy and Rolaren are crawling around the Jeffreys too. They've got a plan to drill into 10 forward through the ceiling, and using a periscope, they're going to assess the room. Then Crusher comes up with their ghost trap to hold them, and they'll be all ready in 45 minutes to one hour. So time is, the clock is ticking. Picard and Worf discuss the validity of the ghost story. Okay, is it, do you think it's real? Worf's like, I don't know, lots of cultures have ghosts, and especially the Klingon Empire, we all believe in ghosts. And he's like, but you don't think so? And Picard's like, I am totally unconvinced. And they are not acting like Starfleet officers. And he's like, well, maybe all that time in an electrical storm as a ghost will make you go insane. Maybe they're just nuts now. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> Starfleet officers don't go nuts in electrical storms. Starfleet officers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Meanwhile, O'Brien begins to torture Keiko in a very weird scene where with the memories that don't belong to his God, the scene was weird. It's a weird scene. The baby's still crying and he tries to kiss her and Deanna intervenes again like, hey, knock it off. And he quits for whatever reason. Whether she's Captain Schumer or not, she's in charge. Deanna explains to Picard that the ship broke up in the atmosphere, right? And we need to retrieve the skeletal remains and bring them back to Earth for a proper burial which is, again, further perpetuating the ghost idea. Picard is still negotiating and refuses to cooperate. Data threatens to kill Worf or Keiko and says to Picard, you choose who will die. Keiko hands her baby to the person next to her because, as you do, <laughs> still fucked up that they have an infant in the room. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jordy, Roe, and the doctor are ready to bust some ghosts. <laughs> so- <laughs> So they send their pain in, and they exercise our crew, and the ghost trap in the containment fails. They only get two of the guys, and Data threatens the captain, and we lose our shot to bust some ghosts, and they're pissed. The ghosts are pissed. So they decide they're going to give us their final, like, we want, these are the exact coordinates of our remains. You need to beam them all up. Um, So we go over there, but we can't find anything there. Except this basic ionic cyclone, and that don't seem right. Jordy and Riker, they don't want to they don't want to beam anything up. So they claim that the storm is interfering with the scanners and also the transporters. And so therefore that's why we can't do it. O'Brien calls bullshit. <laughs> He's like, you just use the transporter pad. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I do it all day long. I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just did it two hours ago. Like, and I saved everybody. So <laughs> come on now. Yeah. So Picard says, I think you should do it, guys, because I see an opportunity, she tells, which is a code to Riker that, you know, I think we can take these assholes down soon. And he offers to take all three of them to Cargo Bay 3, transporter pad. O'Brien wants all the tr- transporters locked to him including all the shuttlecraft ones. Don't try and get me in a shuttlecraft transporter. And they're like, fine. We thought we had him on that one, but can't fool O'Brien. He's like the transporter god. Each ghost takes a hostage. Picard, Worf, and Keiko are all going to the cargo bay. It turns out cargo bay three was chosen because at any moment they can blow out the hatch and if necessary, sacrifice all themselves to protect the crew. So choosing cargo bay three was a... Pretty noble move on the captain's part. In the cargo bay, safely away from the majority of hostages, Picard starts questioning the ghost's hypothesis scientifically and demands to know who the ghost really is. Because you're definitely not Starfleet. 
Because Starfleet officers don't go insane with lack of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So we begin the transport of the beings that they're asking for. And that's when Deanna gets cocky and reveals her truth. Okay, she's actually from Uxmal system. 500 years ago, hundreds of condemned conflicts, like hundreds of them, were imprisoned here, separated from their bodies, and left to drift in the storms. So once they almost escaped aboard the Essex, but that ship was insufficient to get them all out, so it just crashed and burned. And now that they have the Enterprise and the Enterprise's bodies to carry them all home, they're going to go get their revenge. So essentially, this is a penal colony, like Australia. And Dr. Crusher opens the containment field and traps her ghosts. And Deanna's like, no! And the ghosts threaten to kill everyone in the room. And Keiko is the first to volunteer. She's like, go ahead and kill me, bitch! <laughs> I died to save my kid! Worf <laughs> jumps in there right after her like, it's an honor to die. And the captain's like, nope, everyone in this room is ready to die. So release us and we'll put you back where you were. Otherwise, pff, we'll all die. How's that? And they're like, fine, send us back. They release them and they go back to the moon, the moon surface. <sighs> Sorry. I just, nobody asked the big questions in this one. Because of the hostage crisis, they never asked, did they deserve to be trapped there for eternity in these storms without bodies? Um, could they have been political prisoners? You know what I mean? There are crimes in which people are imprisoned where they don't deserve the actual punishment that they're getting. Could they have been falsely convicted? You know what I mean? None of these questions are are asked. Yeah, but they were clearly bad guys because, I mean, <laughs> O'Brien was a pervy douchebag when <laughs> in 10 forwards. So clearly they were all bad. And and what was it? Data was all harassing uh, Worf. It was, they, were, yeah. they were jerks. I guess, but eternal torment? I don't, I don't know. It seems like. Normally, we go deeper into the existential questions. Here, we were more interested in whether ghosts are real and the hostage crisis situation <laughs> than any of the bigger questions. So yeah, pretty much. Is that, is that what this um, was? <laughs> so, in the very last scene, the captain asked Deanna what her experience was like. And she said that her possessor was thoughtful, intelligent, ruthless, and cold. But my, my thing is, Deanna stopped O'Brien from assaulting Keiko and stopped Data from douchily killing Worf. So, again, whether or not they all deserve eternal torment, you know, maybe we could have a new trial and judge them all individually and maybe rehabilitation could be – you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. But, like, no, back to eternal torment. Fuck you guys. (laughs) Yeah. But that's tough because if you get close to the planet, then you get possessed. So, I don't know how we can have a trial Yeah, you have to keep them in the containment. (laughs) Anyway, Data apologizes to Worf and compliments his restraint and calls him remarkable. And Worf's like, dude, you have no idea. O'Brien says that Ke- he apologized to Keiko and she's cool. Uh, and he explains to Keiko that if he could have killed the, the ghost inside him, he would have. And she's like, yeah, I know. Anyway. So, yeah, that's it. Prisoners be damned. So, uh-huh. in Deep Space Nine, there's a, re- uh, there's a reverse no. role for this. Um, and I didn't see the episode. I've, I read this on, on DS9. I guess Keiko gets possessed. And starts all threatening O'Brien. For real. Interesting. That's what I read. I wonder what that's like. From the yeah. same bad guy or from a totally different bad guy? No, 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 no. I'm sure it was. I mean, there's thousands of things that can possess you in space. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it was something else. I don't know. So there you have it. I mean. Yeah. 
that's that was that was the episode. Um, thanks for summing it up. Did you enjoy it? Because I wasn't I wasn't really into it, even though this was my um, pick. I wasn't I was really into it. Pr- I kept wondering. My big question was why you picked it, because Hostage Crisis and Ghostbusters, uh, both those things, are fairly interesting. But I I like it better when the crew probes the deeper questions. You know, like do <laughs> like do does anyone deserve eternal torment? You know, let's let's take a look at the prison system. Can we find a way to rehabilitate these guys? Can we? Is there anything we can do that's not? I mean, I get that the hostage crisis is no good, but when the hostage crisis, we like we got all our minds together. We were like, how can we stop them? How can we contain them? How can we do this? But once we got them off the ship, we were like, all right, bitches, we're out. <laughs> you know, which is what we tend to do. Instead of like getting all our creative <laughs> yep. minds together, like, okay, how can we yep. improve the situation? How can we make it better? You know? Drop a, a, a buoy to, to let everybody know the situation yep. and, yep. Uh, and, if, and we're out. <laughs> if that buoy <laughs> runs out of juice do. in the next 500 years, I guess the, the, <laughs> the next. Well. Exactly. Somebody else is screwed. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone should also go back and talk to the planet that did it originally and be like, you know, they're still pissed. <laughs> they're kind of holding a grudge. You need to quit dumping your people yeah. here. <laughs> My weird thing about the episode was how did Data get possessed? Like, I agree. he's an android. I know that they're always saying, oh, he's so human. He's so human like, and his, his neural pathways or whatever are like, really designed after humans and stuff. But like, I, I still just, I right. got a tough time with that. I got a tough well, time I with him Well, I did too, but I think the only reason they had to put data in there is because otherwise they could have used any other kinds of means to, you know, like we could have gassed them, we could have, you know, stunned them, we could have done anything. But yeah. with data, there was little we could do. And then with O'Brien knowing the transporters is being, <laughs> I mean, O'Brien shined in that one, you know, <laughs> transporter god and hero. Yeah. Yeah, Seriously, but you know, the only one who changed their accent. Yeah, the only metal one who changed their accent Valor. was Data. Data started, you know, talking like a regular person, like rah, 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 you know, he got all like growly and irritated. O'Brien yeah. couldn't stop being Irish, <laughs> and uh, and Deanna couldn't stop being, um, you know, with her Iranian accent. But otherwise, it was good to see O'Brien shine because a lot of times he's a side character, you know. So that was fun. Yeah. And uh and I honestly I forgot how it ended. So that was kind of fun watching because you know, he uh Yeah, yeah. I was like, how I are they gonna too, yeah. I mean I remember this happening. I remember them being possessed and everything, but how did they end it? Um so yeah, so I was a little bit into it for that reason. So Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. That's cool. So how about you? Not that much into it, huh? Sorry. Yeah, I was I was trying, but it's nothing. I, I I mean, I remember enjoying mm-hmm. this episode when I watched it, you know, originally. Or, sure, we were kids. Or a long time ago. It's our first hostage crisis situation. Oh, outside of, you know, Die Hard. <laughs> there was another episode that we that we skipped that I think made my at least honorable mentions list. Um, and that was A Matter of Time. I don't know which episode it is. It's in season five. But uh, that's where a time traveler comes from the future. Oh, that asshole. Annoying. Yeah, and everybody. Oh yeah, like, yeah. You can't you, really you stand this? it. Yeah, but I remember liking the episode, yeah. even though he's really annoying. Yeah. But clearly not on any of our lists. No, no, because he was so annoying, and then he ends up getting his comeuppance. Oh, yeah. You know, he 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 gets screwy because he's actually a swindler. Yeah, he's not actually 
the original guy. He took right. From yeah, the past, he took the guy's the, the right. original scientist time machine and was riding back through time, still pretending to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, our next pick is your next pick, which is season five, episode seventeen, "The Outcast." And I have no idea what that episode is. Oh, I don't know if you do. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this the, I think I do. I think I do. Well, then join us next time where we discuss gender <laughs> identity. And uh, oh, yeah, I believe. I believe. One. Yeah. Ooh, and and okay. Riker again, getting him some. Okay. <laughs> but after that, we have a both of our pick, which I'm <gasps> which really, really excited about. Is it I, I can't tell you. And then at the very end of the season- we have another both of our picks that you're going to be really excited about. <laughs> Is it in their light? It's got to be in their light. Don't spoil it, Tara. I'm so glad you picked that one. But did, okay. It might be All in right. light. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> right. See you All next right. time. Join us next time. The Outcast. Bye, Bye everybody.